0: Welcome to Life of Love with Julie and Friends. It's a very special day today. I have a guest, his name is Rich Lewis, and he is a prayer, I want to call him a prayer guru. He has um, developed a program um, about centering prayer, and he's written books about it. Um, He has a very active website where you can get so many resources. Um, And I just want to give you a little background. He is a author, a speaker, and a coach who focuses on centering prayer as a means of inner transformation. He teaches centering prayer in both his local and virtual community and offers one-on-one coaching. Rich's newest book, titled Sitting with God, A Journey to Your True Self Through Centering Prayer, is a wonderful resource. And I'm just so delighted and I've been looking forward to speaking with you, Rich. Thanks for being here today. So, Rich, can you share a little bit about what brought you to silent prayer and your journey to get where you are today?
1: Sure. Um, I guess I'd always been attracted to silence. I just didn't know what to do in the silence. I had read books in 2011, 2012 by Cara McColman. And he talked a lot about contemplative prayer and the power of silence and how healing and transforming it was. So at that time, I would just sit in silence. And in his book, I have to go back and reread his books, but I don't remember him talking about a practice. I just remember talking about silence. So at that time, I would just sit in silence. And I remember it being brutal, but I would persist and I, and I would just set a timer for one or two minutes and push myself just to, to, to sit through it. Then luckily in late 2013, I was simply perusing Amazon, looking for a book to read, and I came across Amos Smith's book called Healing the Divide, Recovering Christianity's Mystic Roots, and as I began reading his book, he talked about a silent prayer, a silent wordless meditation practice he had been doing called Centering Prayer for about 15 years up till that point. So that immediately intrigued me because I had been struggling with sitting in silence, but I knew there was something about it, but I wasn't... um, hitting the depths of it, I guess, or experiencing what I could as a result of it. So when I read his book, I began then, I emailed him on his website. We had a back a lot of back and forth dialogue to talk about centering prayer and how you do it and what it is. Um, and I began reading books on it from other authors. And I began, more importantly, practicing it for myself, because unless you try something, you're not going to experience anything. So I guess I stumbled across it, or it found me, or I found it, on Amazon. And it, it's a practice that has resonated with me. I guess it taught me how to sit and we can talk about it, but it taught me how to sit in the silence and how to open to the presence and actions of God within. And I haven't looked back. So it's resonated with me and I've been at it since June of 2014. So I'm glad I found that practice other than struggling with how do you sit in the silence if it's that powerful? How do you do it and, and reap the benefits of, of sitting with God?
0: Hmm. You know, like you said, it was a nagging thing with you, even though it wasn't easy. It was still on your mind to, to keep searching. And, and so many things are like that. We might try to ignore them or or move on, but they're always sitting in the background like, can, can you try it? Can you do it? And then all of a sudden, when you put your intention out there, the resources, you know, just appear. So that that is That is something that is very magical to me that when you, when you have your heart set on something and you just keep pursuing it with a gentle open mind, somehow you get what you need. And that generosity that he emailed with you personally and talked about the techniques that was, that's very affirming. You know, I just, I just love that. So I guess share, you know, like you said, you had to start with 30 seconds, one minute, just sitting and, um, share with me a little bit about the threshold you hit when you were able to just sink into it or um, what, I mean, I know it's probably hard to describe in words because it's a metaphysical thing. It's a spiritual thing. But um, what what was that turning point where you said you're never going to look back? Like you said, um, you'll never go back.
1: Yeah, as much as I can remember. So yeah, I remember struggling in, so I probably had been practicing silence for at least three, four or five months and struggling with it but but persisted and just continued to, to go at it even though it might have been one minute or two minutes or, or three minutes and then that's qu- that's okay I mean I think any silence is, is better than any any silence I don't know what I think maybe I was just ready for it so so I so no I guess as I think about it I was reading his book and then I started learning more about centering prayer and then I remember so really I guess the first quarter of 2014 and I don't recall so I don't think I probably didn't go f- sit for 15 or 20 minutes, but I know I was practicing centering prayer. So I, I think about, I guess about 90 days or so after really knowing centering prayer and it seemed to resonate with me, I'm not sure what was so magical about it. So actually it's more, actually six months because June 1, and I still remember the date, June 1, 2014, I decided I was going to try to take this practice seriously and I was going to try to sit twice a day for 20 minutes as much as possible. And I just started. And it seemed easy, but maybe it, it seemed easy because I had been trying silence for, at that point, probably nine or 10 months, struggling with it. Then I found the practice, and then I was able to, Centering Prayer made it seem effortless, but I had put in all the work, I guess, nine to 10 months prior to that. So not I think it was just a decision in my head. I really want to take this practice seriously. Um, the, the Practitioners of Centering Prayer recommend as much as possible two sits. They recommend that you try to work your way up to 20 minutes. And I decided I was going to just jump in the Centering Prayer pool, swimming pool, and and, and really be um, compassionate about this practice.
0: Right. I mean, even sitting and and meditating or anything, it's just hard to even just have that body position when you're not used to it i mean it's building up your core it's 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 a physical thing as well as a mental thing to to sit still i mean that that's even like you like you said you had to build up your endurance and then to me uh, and you know i'm just reflecting on, i, I didn't do centered prayer but i, I focused on the quiet time cuz i i understood the importance of it for my mental health but i had to like put a sign on my door do not come in my family, it was like my dog, my family, the phone, like yeah. there's so many things coming at you that you have to, like you said, set aside that time or else the world will just come in. And it's almost like a vacuum. They know you're, you're available and quiet and they're just like, <laughs> like so Um, I guess share, share how you did you have a special place you went to? Did you leave your house? Did you, I mean, it has to be accessible. So um, I guess maybe the practical, um, how it looks, how, how you set it up or, or how you started and didn't work. And then how you got over that, the challenges. I mean, I know it helps people to understand there's many different ways to reach a goal. And, you know, it wasn't like, I'm sure you had little pitfalls or, you know, learning opportunities that you went through. So share with the audience some, you know, like situations that you set up and and what worked best and what you wouldn't do again because it was a flop.
1: Sure. So um, I guess my first sit, even when I started and and then really to this day, is first thing in the morning before I do anything. So I, I, I go to a room, a separate room, and close the door. So sometimes the family, other family members are sleeping anyhow. So that so they're not even aware I'm doing the practice. But even if they are awake, they know that I've I've gone into that room. They know the door is closed. So they so they, they leave me alone. Now I understand for someone that has a baby um, or a younger child like that, then it become it can be more challenging. So for in that case, you know, you might want to negotiate with your spouse or partner. Can you take the child for twenty minutes? This is my quiet time, and, and you negotiate that with with your partner. So my kids are older, so they, they they respect it. But if the kids are younger, then you probably just need to negotiate with someone else, or even negotiate if they're you know four or five, just negotiate with them that this is my time and then have them sit at a table and color or something. But so you got to work that out. And so I set aside a separate room that I practice centering prayer in the morning and the door gets closed, just like you, just like you were saying. Um, and then when I had started practicing centering, I guess the, my second set was, well, I've moved it, but my, my second sit was actually in the evening in our basement <laughs> So I actually started to go down the basement and close the door. So again, that kind of signified that um, we we had dinner as a family, and then I would go to the basement and do my center and prayer sit, just close the door. And everybody knew Dad was going downstairs just to do his quiet time again, just like he has in the morning. So that sit actually, instead of being in the upstairs spare bedroom, was was actually in in the basement is is where I would do it. So I guess the most important thing is to find a space that is secluded, more quiet, close the door, and then if you have other people in the house, if they're older, just make them aware. If they're younger, negotiate, I guess, with, with your husband or wife or partner that th- these people – can you can you give me this 20 to 30 minutes? So that's that's what I would, I would recommend. And then I guess I had started pre-COVID. I, I ended up moving my second sit from the evenings. I realized I thought I, I was taking time away from the family. I didn't feel right. So I actually moved the second sit to to right before lunch, and I would do it in my car at work. So I actually would walk to my car, crack the window, um, or if it was winter, just put the engine on to warm the car up and then turn it off. And I actually would do my second sit in my car um, in the in the parking lot. And a lot of times kind of would peek around. I could see other people actually in their cars taking quiet time too. Interestingly <laughs> enough, I noticed a few other people seemed to do that in the afternoon. They would just go to their car and... And, and take some quiet time and then go back in. So I was fortunate that I could do that with my job to find a place like that, whether it's your car, a separate room, could be outside. If you go on walks, it could be outside. I've walked and I've rode my bike years back and, and then I would, there was a gazebo in one of the parks. I would center in the gazebo and you know, everybody just thought I was just enjoying the nature for a bit and then getting back on my bike. So secluded place.
0: Okay, I love that. I love that right? you you know you listen to yourself. You're like, oh, this seems like it's it's just not flowing with the family, and it it, it didn't seem right. So you adjusted because I think sometimes you like you know you can get bulldogged into like this is what I'm gonna do, and um, you you adjusted it to the afternoon. It it doesn't have to be like this ritual that is so stoic and so you know planned that you can't adjust. I love that. Okay, um, I'm just curious, do you close your eyes or do you keep them open?
1: I close my eyes, but you don't have to. So I close my eyes, and that's a way of maybe shutting off the outside world. But you can um, keep your eyes open. Some people practice with their eyes open because they're afraid they're going to fall asleep. So yes, mm-hmm. I do close my eyes, but I know I do. And I went to a Juan Buddhist temple a couple of years back, and they meditate with their eyes open and kind of – I'm staring kind of down the bridge of your nose. So I, I did. And and I didn't find that too hard either. So yes, you can practice with your eyes open or you can practice with your eyes closed.
0: I love that because, you know, some people can just let their eyes get sort of lazy and everything gets hazy. And then, you know, I've even heard of people being able to see like the auras around things when they just relax their, keep their eyes open, but just relax the vision sense and just let come let come in what needs to or what presents itself so that is that is really neat that you can do it either way and then you know sometimes if you fall asleep sometimes there's like a reason you know that that relaxing and and taking a time out in any way just it's so important to help control the adrenals and the stress response and the cortisol levels and you know, I just have you noticed like a decrease in any kind of health issues or blood pressure or anything that you sort of struggled with before that doesn't seem to be as prominent.
1: Um, maybe the main thing I've noticed is I, I, I can easily, I, I better easily, calm myself down in situations that are stressful or in, in chaotic. Like I work from home and my day job is, is, is very busy. I can. Let go of the chaos or let go of the things that I don't need to focus on, so I might, I might have a lead, need to do list and it has twenty or thirty items on it, and I can hone in and focus on you know what do I need to do right now and let go of the nineteen things that I don't have to. so I have a better ability to hone in and focus on what needs to get done, let go what doesn't, and then kind of one one by one pick my way through this list, and then feel good at the end of the day that I had a productive day and I got done the really the most important things, and I didn't panic when I looked at the list to see, Oh my gosh, this is a big list. So it's helped me not panic and get through the day and be very productive because I'm more present to what needs to be done that day.
0: Wow. So it's given, it's helped with any kind of anxiety and, you know, anxiety can leave, lead to so much more. And then you can prioritize because you have a clear vision because you're not feeling anxious about it. You're just able to just be present being present is <laughs> such a gift right, right. oh my goodness so, so i guess
1: you're right i guess it does it does heal anxiety you know it, it, because you can, you get anxious and overwhelmed and, and and a practice such as centering prayer or medita- any type of meditative practice can heal anxiety because you can anxiety is just worry about the past or or, or the future instead of just being in the present moment and doing what needs to be done
0: yeah yeah, and that whole, you know, anxiety and fear seem to be, you know, brother and sister, right? And that fear is, I like to say it's false evidence appearing real, you know, that fear, stuff—it's uh, it's, uh it can really mess up your, your flow. And that's what we need is that calmness where you can have some flow and just find your resources. Um, do you find that answers come to you when you get quiet or when you're, I guess, let me back up. So can you can you walk through what you do to prepare yourself when you when you go to the guest room in the morning and um, you might, you know, sometimes I wake up and I've had like a disturbing dream or, or you know, sometimes the night then might might the night wasn't the most restful sleep or I had to process something in the ethers um, that I wake up that I'm like, OK, I got to recenter. But what do you do to um, when you shut that door? Can you take us through the steps of, of what you do to to get there to the Calm Centered?
1: Sure. And then why don't I quickly describe how you do Centering Prayer just so people understand what my practice looks like. Perfect. So, so yes, yes, I go, I go into a, a separate room, close the door. I have what's, uh, for my practice, I, I have, and, and I, I encourage people, the most important thing is to do the practice, but I, it's nice to have, I call them bookends, something I might do before the practice and something I do after the practice. So I have my two bookends for Centering Prayer. And usually the, the book ends bef- before it are um, – I read – I'm a big believer in affirmations, so I'll, I'll read affirmations. So these are single sentences, and they're usually goals in different areas of my life, whether it's my work on my website, my, my day job, things I want to do with my family, things I want to do for my own physical health or my mental health, goals that I you – know personal goals I have. So I'll, I'll read them and kind of let them go to God and then i'll either read from a book that i'm currently reading and it, and it's really it's any book i'm reading or if there's a, i get some interesting emails from people that i subscribe to and they might have a couple minute video i'll watch the video or read a book then i'll do my centering prayer sit and then and i'll describe how you do centering prayer and then after the sit instead of just getting up immediately i actually will read more either from that same book or if the video was 10 minutes, maybe I watched five minutes of it before the sit and watched the remaining five minutes after the sit. Then I get up and, and kind of re- resume my day or begin my day in the morning. If it's the afternoon sit, resume my day. I kind of do the same thing. So I like to do something before and after each sit. And then how you do centering prayer is or, – or, centering prayer really is considered two things. It's meditation meditation and also fostering a relationship with God. Because during Centering Prayer, we believe we're opening to the presence and actions of God within us during Centering Prayer. And Centering Prayer has been around for 50 years. It was created in the 19, early 1970s by actually three Trappist monks or three Catholic priests, saw other forms of meditation happening, and they wanted something for the Christian community. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the priests, Father William Menager, was reading a 14th century classic book called The Cloud of Unknowing, And as he read this book, kind of a method of wordless, silent prayer jumped off the pages, and he began kind of interacting with the two other priests, and they began practicing it for themselves. They began kind of sharing it with other clergy, sharing it with the public. And then in 1984, Thomas Keating uh, created the Contemplative Outreach Organization, which is really the main centering prayer organization. So the website's contemplativeoutreach.org. And there's a ton of centering prayer resources on it, groups that practice all throughout the United States as well as internationally. So you could connect with anybody anywhere. Mm-hmm. Most of them practice now on Zoom, so you could connect and practice with anybody if you speak their language, I guess. Or even if you don't speak their language, I guess you could you could join them. So that's just a little bit of the history of, of the practice. And then how you mm-hmm. do it is you sit comfortably with your eyes open. But as we discussed, you can close your eyes. Um and as you're sitting there, you you introduce interiorly what we call a sacred word of one or two or three syllables signifying that you're opening to the presence and actions of God within. So the word could be God, ocean, a color, Jesus, trust, faith, hope, some, something like that. And as you're sitting there, when you begin engaging your thoughts, and what I mean by that is if you begin thinking about all the things you did before you sit, or you begin... Planning and plotting, what are the errands and duties and responsibilities that I have to do after my sit? You realize you're not sitting with yourself anymore. You're not sitting with God. You're sitting with you, and you're planning and plotting in your thoughts. So you reintroduce that sacred word to come back to the present moment. Let go of all these engaged thoughts, and then even let go of the word itself. So, so the purpose of this of this silent meditation time is just to keep coming back to the present moment and sitting with God and letting go of, of your thoughts and your engaged thoughts and, and or emotions if it's worry and anxiety and just continuously returning to the present moment where, where God is. And you do that during the duration of your sit, however long you've decided to sit, if it's five minutes or 10 minutes or 20 minutes. But that's essentially how you do centering prayer. And then the last thing I'll say is, well, as we mentioned earlier, you can do it with your eyes open if you want because some people are afraid they'll fall asleep. And then also, you don't have to use a word. If some people are auditory people, they'll use a word to come back to the present moment. I quickly realized I'm more of a visual person, so I use an interior image of a Jesus icon. And I don't like paint it out on my head, but I kind of think about this image in my head to come back to the present moment when I realize I'm doing everything but sitting with God. You can Mm -hmm. use your breath to come back to the present moment, or you can keep your eyes open and just stare at a spot four or five feet on the floor just to keep yourself kind of honed in on on the present moment. So that's kind of a little history of how long it's been around and and how, and how you do it.
0: I love that you can connect with community and I'm sure there's people in those communities starting and people who've been seasoned practice, you know, practitioners of it, um, that you could reach out, like you said, in that, that organization that website to uh, connect to Zoom calls and and have that support because, you know, sometimes just that little bit of, rea- you know, reassurance that you're you're not the only one that, you know, can't think of their word. Like I could see I'd, I'd have my word and I might even forget because sometimes my mind is just, you know, <laughs> my monkey mind gets going and you're like, what? <laughs> so just, you know, being gentle with yourself. Like you said, you started with like just sitting for one minute, you know, and and just having compassion for where you are and where you want to be. Um, I love that. And it, it seems like it's pretty simple. Like Most things that are the most effective are very simple. You're not saying breathe like this. You're not saying you have to visualize anything through your body. You're just sitting and trying to just have a clear mind. And do you, do you connect with your heart at all during this? Or is it mostly just trying to keep your mind clear?
1: Um, I, I guess it's mostly just clearing the clutter in your mind. I mean, I mm-hmm. think you're, you're, without realizing it, I mean, you're really probably dropping into your heart. But, so, but, but the purpose of Centering Prayer really is not to not to think, not to ponder, not to think, oh my God, I'm feeling so wonderful and peaceful. The purpose really is just just to let go of your engaged thoughts and just return to the present moment where God is and, and let go of your thoughts. So whatever thoughts you have or whatever feelings you have, you really are just to let go and return to the present moment. Um, you'll notice the fruits of the practice outside of, of your practice. So the practice is just, is the time to do it. And then outside of your practices, when you notice how it's, how it's changed you, how it's healed you, you know, and, and the benefits of the practice, you notice outside of the practice. So
0: it's just simply being, you just be right. And then you'll see the benefits have what was the most surprising thing that you've ever had happen that or like a realization that you're like, this is definitely because I had centered prayer. Like, did you have any like aha moments that you're just like, wow, I I know that's why this happened or why I noticed this or why I overcame this.
1: Yeah. I would say um, a lot of, actually quite a few benefits that I've noticed over the years. I'm a much more confident person in myself. Um, either as a father or a husband, a worker at work, and, and even with the work I do with my website, I'm a much more confident person, and I'm not afraid to try and do new things and get out of my comfort zone. So you know, the idea of doing podcasts would have scared the heck out of me. The idea of writing my book would have scared, would, was not on the radar screen. The idea of speaking in front of small and large groups was not on the radar screen. The idea of doing one-on-one coaching was not on, on, on the radar screen. So it's given me a confidence that I didn't have, that I have you know, I have something that I can share with people, that, that can help people, and there's many different ways to do it, whether it's on a podcast or one-on-one coaching or speaking. There's, I have something that has helped me that might help others, so I can share it uh, in all those different avenues. So definitely confidence in myself. I, I would say... Um, a willingness to get out of my comfort zone, which is all what all those things were and and try and challenge myself and grow and do and try new things. And then I think I'm, I'm still work in progress. That's why I continuously go back to my sits, but I think I'm more, I give people the presence they deserve. So when you're sitting with someone, you know, you want to listen to them, not just think about what you're going to say next. So you, I think I'm better at just pausing and listening to people and giving them the space they desire and giving them as much of my attention as I can to make sure I'm really hearing them when what they have to say and realizing sometimes they just want to know I'm listening. They don't necessarily want my opinion or critique. If they do, they'll ask me, then I can give it to them. But I think we, we jump to reaction or we jump to critique when that person just really wanted you just to listen to them as a friend, or if it's your child or your spouse, they don't want an opinion. They'll ask you for it. They just wanted to share something with you, not get your, not your opinion. So I think I'm better at doing Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm I'm less reactive, more willing to just sit in the present moment and see what it has to offer. So a lot of neat fruits from from the practice that God has blessed me with from continuously sitting with God over the years.
0: Mm. I love that because you're, you're comfortable in the silence, so you're comfortable not hearing yourself talk. You know, so so that has right. shown up in your relationships that you're able to just, like you said, respond instead of react. You
1: know, you right, can, you,
0: and and to me, it's like that idea that you're doing that brain dump that you're you're letting your brain just have that moment where there's not 500 things flying in that everything can become more simple and more clear if you can just what? shut it off and uh, what a gift. I mean, if, if anyone out there feels like their, their life is racing, that they're, they're not able to focus, that they're not paying attention or they're not being, if, if you feel like you're not being heard, it's probably because you're not hearing other people around you because, it just goes hand in hand, right? Like the, your outside world reflects as a mirror of what's going on in you. So if you feel like there's chaos all around you, you might, you might be contributing to that chaos and you don't even realize it. So whatever is bothering you the most is, is probably what you need to to look at. And then having a practice like this would, would really be beneficial if you're, you're feeling like your life's a little bit out of control or that you're, you know, you're not steering the ship, you're sort of just bouncing around in the storm or the waves or or even feeling numb. You know, being numb is probably worse than feeling chaos because when you're numb, you don't feel like you have a choice. And this is, I see this practice as something that's giving you empowerment. It definitely empowered you to do so many wonderful things and to, to reach out with this. It, it's It's a moving story. I really appreciate you sharing it you know, everything that you've gone through. I mean, it's, it's a really, a really big inspiration. And I I see the benefits of of what you've worked hard at. And um, do you have any of your family members jumped on ship and, and, and joined with Centering Prayer? Or is this something that is just, you know, for you and the people that you work with? I mean, I often wonder if, you know, my. I think my son meditates because I meditate, that I, I took time for myself, and I think that that made him, it gave him permission to do it because mom was doing it, you know. Um, have you noticed the people directly around you benefiting too? I mean, besides you being more present and being a better dad and all that.
1: I mean, my, my wife doesn't, but my wife has a deep faith in God, and she's always, believe god is there and she's always trusted god so she doesn't meditate my daughter is 21 but when i first started practicing she did practice with me from time to time and and she's even said to me why don't we do do it together a few times so she has dabbled in it and enjoyed it and then my son at the time he was eight when i first started practicing centering prayer he's 14 now he wanted to know what I was doing, so we, we, we did. We haven't done it, and I should ask him if he'd be interested, but at the time he was he asked, so I showed him, and we would actually meditate for one minute together, and, and that was kind of a neat experience. So I should ask him again. He hasn't asked, but maybe I should just ask him now that he's 14 to see what, what he might do, and he might take me up on it. So yeah. the, the two of them were intrigued, so they actually they let me teach them, And then my oldest son, um, he doesn't live with us. So we have, we did practice it when he lived at home. We, I shared it with at least the practice and he was open to the idea of, okay, what is this you do? And I, and I shared it with him. He's now um, 25 and he doesn't live with us. So, um, I think he believes in reading and quiet time. So I think, so I don't think necessarily think he's meditating, but I do think he likes to read and take quiet time. So, so maybe that was because of our center prayer times. I maybe guess. not, but yeah. um, so I think no. I think they all, everyone benefits from it in some way or has decided to take more quiet. And my wife does take quiet time for herself mm-hmm. as well. You don't have to meditate to take quiet time. So she's, I think she's always been a firm believer in God and trusted God and that God would get us through what we needed to get through. But she also does take qu- her own quiet time in her own way.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. You're, you've you led by example and it sounds like you guys, your family has a dynamic that's very open and, you know, you be you. So that's right. really, that's really admirable, you know, it's a, ah. and I remember when I, I used to go to church with my parents, um, even if I didn't want to be there, I always liked that quiet time just where I didn't have to respond or, or if you responded, it was just a rote thing that you have to think about, but just having that connection, you know, however, however you do it, like you said, you can, you can do it through movement, through quiet time, through centering prayer, just find, you know, I encourage people just to find what works for you. I know, um, the forest bathing has a lot of this, a lot of similar tenants about it. You go to the same place in nature and you just let your eyes sort of to uh, relax on the sacred geometry of nature. And um, a lot of people have had benefits from that too. So it's, there's no coincidence that there are similar tenants to a lot of things that really help people just, you know, just get to your soul, you know, just be a little more aware of your soul and how God's trying to connect to you. The divinity is supporting us. All right, Rachel, I really appreciate all the time you spent today and I'm going to share your website, but was there any closing words that you'd like to provide for, for the audience?
1: Sure. If, if people haven't tried the idea of silence and a quiet time, I would just encourage people to try for 30 days Perhaps make it the first thing you do in the morning. Set aside one to five minutes for your quiet time, whether it's centering prayer or meditation or just thinking or journaling. Set aside this time. Try it for 30 days and just see what happens. And, and maybe you'll turn it into a kind of a lifelong practice and, you, and you'll make it longer than one to five minutes each morning. So I just encourage people to try to take quiet time for themselves because you can connect to something deeper within yourself, to God within yourself, and then you can begin taking action from this person and and, and, um, become the person God wants you to be that you never knew you had within you. So just that's what I would do. I'd encourage people to try a daily dose of silence for one to five minutes, and then hopefully turn it into a a longer lifelong practice. Mm,
0: I love that. I love that. And and just know that everything, everything, Thing is a clue for you, so if this comes up again or if this is the second or third time you've heard this, it's not a it's not an accident, you know, so listen to the listen to the signs, listen to your soul, and um rich, I really appreciate you sharing all this wisdom with us and and your years of experience. I know that it's so beneficial and and again all all the love and gratitude for your help and time and your generous you know spirit to share this so freely and i encourage people to check out your website
1: no thanks for having me on
0: mhm you're welcome <laughs> take
1: care. you too
0: thank you for joining us today and we look forward to the next episode as always you can reach me at com. be well my friends and enjoy each day as each moment is a chance to live the life of your dreams take care